I'm Lindsay Mustang, and this is the Career Design Podcast, made for driven, ambitious, square pegs and round holes type professionals who see things differently and challenge the status quo. We obliterate obstacles and unlock hidden pathways to overcome and succeed where others have not. Stagnation feels like death, and we are unwilling to compromise our integrity and settle for being average in any way. We are the backbone of any successful business, and those who overlook our potential are doomed to a slow demise. We do work that truly matters, aligns with our purpose, and in turn, we make our lasting mark on the world. We are the dreamers, doers, legends, and visionaries who are called to make our most meaningful contribution and love what we do. I am so excited that you are here. I am too. Uh, I just got to say, Ruby, uh, I asked Ruby to be on here after getting to hear her talk um, about some pieces here. And we, I want to talk a little bit about a few things today. Uh, I want to talk about the concept of um, career power and uh, the quadrants around. There's four quadrants inside of career power. And ultimately, how do you balance um, career power and work-life balance so that you, um, how do you, how do you do those two things? And then how do you move the needle and why you're looking for answers in the wrong place? And then um, how do you get really intentional around career design? Now, I want to start, Ruby, why don't you just tell me a little bit about who you are? Uh, because I, I'm going to tell you, when I see Ruby's content on anything, I'm just blown away, which is why I was like, please, please, please come here and, and sit with me and talk. Let's talk about this. Um, and she did a talk for Women's Day. It was on Women's Day, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was Women's Day, unless I'm making things up. Um, that really blew us away, all of us inside of Talent Paradigm, which is why we decided to say, tap you on the shoulder and say, come here and share your genius with us. So tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and, and um, why did they ask you to talk about this on, on Women's Day? Yeah, so, um, well, thanks for having me here. I'm super excited and I've been a huge fan of yours for so long. So I just feel really honored and privileged to be here with all of you today. Um, so a little about me, I spent most of my career in corporate. I spent about 15 years in corporate doing sales roles, uh, sales training, um, sales enablement. And then, um, what happened was I got laid off. And at that time I had just completed a one-year coaching program and I decided to shift gears a little bit and develop myself as a coach. And so for the last about, uh, almost six years now, I think I've been, um, coaching. And so I've worked with organizations, nonprofits, um, and then one-on-one coaching, uh, specifically, uh, mostly I would say for women who are purpose-driven, transitioning, and um, and really are just looking for the next step. They know that there's something more out there for them. I'm also um, a mom, and I have two boys, and so we're kind of juggling. Uh, as we talk about work-life balance, we're kind of juggling a lot right now with remote learning and you know working from home, and then just managing all the other you know, bits and pieces that come up in life. Goodness. Yes. I feel like this last year has been a, quite a test of either our patience and resiliency in both parenting and managing our careers. Um, and, a, and a shout out to all of those that are out there that are managing this as a parent, whether uh, male or female, but I definitely have noticed in the mom front that that is, there's been a lot of energy and that's, that's taken a lot of time. In fact, I will say that on my own, I've neglected a lot of self-care. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's so important, um, especially now, because you can't ever expect anyone to put you first if you don't put you first, right? Like really, that's truly has to happen. If you want somebody to see the value in you, you have to be willing to 
put a self-care practice in it and it's not taking a bubble bath. I really used to think that for a while. I was like, oh, I get, you know, I get a pedicure and I, I take a bubble bath and that, or have a glass of wine, which I don't even know that really counts, but um, that's not real true self-care. Tell me about how, how do you define self-care? Um, what is your, what's your philosophy around that? Yeah, I always kind of laugh when I hear baths. I mean, that's just basic hygiene, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just totally called me out on that, and I love it, if I'm really honest. So, <laughs> uh, I think, Well, I, I think, the you know, the whole work-life balance conversation, I feel like is the wrong one that we're having. I think most people think about work-life balance in terms of, you know, how, how do they manage, like, it's almost like tug of war. It's like this tension between, uh, your work and your life. And and in a game like tug and tug of war, th there's always a loser, right? There's always a loser. And, and th I think that's how a lot of people feel when they're trying to manage all the different parts of their life. And so I think the, the conversation that we could be getting in, and I think what really excites me is the one about like, how do you make your life work for you? Right. So it's it's a it's at a different level. It's a bigger conversation. This is about intentionality. It's about values. It's about priorities. It's about choices. And what kind of choices are you making in alignment with how you want to live? You know, and I think it's also bringing in purpose. Like, what is your purpose? How does that feed into your work? How does that show up everywhere you go? Absolutely. Rich is saying he loves Ruby's energy. And I'm going to say hi to Rick and Richard and Rich here. And guys, if you are watching, please, um, please say hi. Ooh, Vaughn is here. And he says, work-life blend and integration is key. I love that integration. I think when people are like, one, one has to win or the other, it's kind of like work-life balance. There's no such thing. Like if you are carrying a phone around in your pocket, guess what? You probably have your email on your phone, yep. which means that you are working all the time. So you really have to choose how to integrate the two. And I think this last year has definitely been um, an experience in that. And some of it has, I've definitely learned a lot. What do you think are some of the things that you would say um, in prioritizing that self-care idea? And I say it's a practice because it's never going to be perfect. It's always going right. to be a continuing. And it's, and it's not just one thing. Like uh, I Ruby asked me yesterday, she's like, what are you doing for three hours in your self-care practice? And she didn't say it like that. I'm adding it for my effect, but um, hi, Karen. <laughs> but I'm like, let me walk you through what I do, because in order for me to be willing to fight and win at the end of the day, especially to be able to give back to my kids, I need a, some some self-care. So what would you say are some of the things that you've learned in the last year? I think um, I think it goes to priorities. I think that's what I've learned. I've learned that work life balance it or that it's work life integration. And I love that um, Vaughn brought that up. That's the word that I always use is it's really about integration, right? It's about designing. It's about intentionality. And so I think what I've done is really look at like, I've had to reshift. I just had to reshift things. I've had to uh, manage my expectations. I think that's a huge part of this work life integration is like managing expectations, having boundaries, saying no. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely different because we're cooped up. And so you know, and we're attached to our computers and our cell phones all the time. So we have to be intentional about shutting things down. You know, if you have an office door that you can shut, it's like when you're done with your work, you shut the door and you don't go back in taking breaks, getting outside and getting fresh air. So I think there are a lot of ways that we can do that. I, I feel like that's what I've had to do is is just kind of shift uh, expectations, not just for myself, but even as a single mom with kids, shifting their expectations of how things are going to go, because we all have to work together a little more now that we're all at home. 
So true. I always like to say with my clients, come as you are. And that might be in your pajamas. And that might mean your children interrupt us seven times, which or more in some cases with mine, because really we have to understand and embrace that people are human first. And I think that's one of the biggest failings that we make as leaders and leaders of, of large companies is that we seem to think people are they're these drones or clones that they can come in and they just produce work. And we forget that they have a reason for being there, which is their family, their life at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And that's their priority. That's why they work. Um, and that has to be something that we honor for them as well and allow them the space to be human. Yes. And uh, that I think has been a huge lesson that um, there's a lot of things in the pandemic that have not really been great lessons, but that one I think was a really big gift that was given to us. Yeah. And I love what you say about being human, right? Because I think as leaders, we have an opportunity to really set the set the tone that we are human beings. We're not human doings. We're human beings, right? True. And I love this being said, uh, being learning to say no means, uh, Rich is saying that means that you can say yes to things that are important. Yeah, I love exactly. that. That's so true. Whenever you're saying yes to something, you are immediately saying no to something else because we mm -hmm. are all limited by the constraints of our time. Now, I do believe that time can expand and contract. Uh, if you've ever, uh, I love what Einstein says about relativity is like if you sit with um, a pretty woman that that can seem like uh, an hour can seem like five minutes or if you sit on a hot stove, 10 seconds can feel like 10 hours. So that same um, idea I think is, is really big uh, here as well. I do want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the quadrants around career power because a lot of this, um, the intentionality, when we talk about intentional career design, which is what Talent Paradigm really specializes in is how do we create our best possible life, the best possible outcomes, our highest level dreams, and without any of the conditioning that society has given us about what we should do or who we should be or or what your um, if you do this, then this is all you'll get. We have a lot of conditioning that happens in there. And I want always to think about the ascension to your highest self, what you really truly came to do in your time here on this planet? Like, what is it that your calling is meant to be? And that calling is what we talk about is career power. And career power for us really divides into four quadrants. And the very first part of it is passion. Um, passion is so very important for you to understand because what when people when they get to the place where they're really sick and they can't even go to work they're so um their energy is absolutely drained and then like you know have you've heard like go home kick the dog yell at your wife whatever it is that that is a place when we are not aligned into power and into our passion. Now, there are, I have passions, too, that are not necessarily something that I'm going to monetize as a career. Like, I would love to pet puppies and kittens all day. I, I actually joked a little bit in this, Ruby. I was like, I think I could do that if we just said, like, I was actually going to, like, part of the package was you were going to also get a kitten <laughs> to pet while you coach with me. And that could be a way where I could actually use it. Um, and that's just a creative idea where I was like, here's how where we sometimes think about things and we're like, oh, that's a self-limiting belief, but our passions, we really need to understand what is it that energizes us? What gives us energy? Because when we're at a place where energy is unlimited and abundant, that's where we manifest from. That's where we can create our own reality. And I say intentional career design because um, the only person who can really truly decide what they want in their career and choose to go after it is you. You can't wait for your spouse. You can't wait for me. You can't wait for the recruiter or the hiring manager or your company or your, your boss to do this for you. You really have to understand what you want. Otherwise, 
your vehicle is a career and you're in the passenger seat and you're letting somebody else drive. And it's not one of those Teslas that's driving on its own. It's it's somebody else is driving that career. And it's why we get disappointed and burned out. We literally run out of our gas because we forget to go to a place of power. So and that that's really around passion. The second quadrant is about purpose, okay? And so purpose is when we tap into the idea that we take everything that we've experienced in our life, everything that we've actually had happen to us, and we use that um, and all the skills and all the knowledge, skills, abilities, innate strengths, and the things that we've learned, both personally and professionally, and we realize we've been tapped, literally, some sort of tap on our shoulder to make a larger contribution. Mm -hmm. We've been tapped to do something that means something bigger. And I'm going to say the likelihood of people ascending to this level, it's a higher level on the hierarchy of needs. It's kind of the idea of after we've reached the level of esteem and go Google this if you haven't seen it, but we look for beauty. And that's really the place where we get into purpose is when we start to look for purpose and we choose to move into like a self-actualization model and understanding purpose is that there is something likely that you can tie a string through from the very beginning of your life until now there's been a theme there's been something that's happened to you over and over and over again where you have become the very best at one something that's really one thing um, and you might be multifaceted so i don't want to exclude that you might have a lot in fact most of our high potential people that they were multi-passionate and that's actually a good thing but it detracts from getting into purpose because they can't pick what they're supposed to do but there is a string and that's what i talk about intentional career design is aligning passion into that place of purpose where this is actually where i create easily and i do something that allows me to make my greatest contribution and that's the place where we get into purpose okay now, if you can get to that point, that's pretty freaking fantastic. Okay, that's pretty fantastic. After that, then this is where we go really into the transcendency model of going into what does self-actualization really look like? And the last two, well, I should say the last third part is the pursuit of it. And this is where people get really confused because they're waiting for something like a sign from the universe, like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. So I think I said something today uh, that would, will make sense. If you are looking for an answer from somebody else, you will never get it. And you'll never get the right answer if you do, okay? And you know this because you can check in right now and think about all the stories that somebody has told you about who you are or what you should do and how that did not work out for you and how that <laughs> eliminated your um, passion. It eliminated your ambition. It's made you play small. It made you fearful. Um, those things, I want you to think about that. And I want you to turn inside and go, oh, the answer is really truly in me of where I want to go. The pursuit of it, it, it comes through a, a very deliberate process of what we, we really call these the ascension into career power. And it goes through several different milestones. So like when I think about this, I'm talking about how do we talk about how do you be in the business of you? How do you be in the business of Ruby Inc., right? What is it that we need to do to market ourselves, to take care of ourselves? Those are the, the, the beginning foundation, actually. The very, very first one is that one, you have to believe you're worth it. And the second one is you have to be willing to take action to invest in you as a self-care practice. So that's why I say like the pursuit, in order to do the pursuit, self-care has to come first. Mm -hmm. If you do not take care of you, how can anybody ever expect a return from the investment that they will make on you? You will burn out. So if you think about like a million dollar racehorse, and I'm going to quote Myron Golden here, who's an amazing mindset coach. He says, what do you see them feeding them? Do you think they get off days? Do you think they get places where we, and I like to say like, go get a big back? 
Like, no, this horse is being every day. It has a regimen of rest, of nutrition, of hydration, of training, of exercise. That is the beginning of the pursuit into the ascension of career power. So the rest of it comes through things like building your narrative around your career, understanding what's most marketable about you, understanding who to connect to and how to really sell yourself at the highest level so that in turn, people see you as something that they can invest in and see a massive return on investment. That's the truth. And that's the last part, which is profitability. And how you do that is by becoming the candidate of choice or what we call a purple squirrel. Those are the four quadrants of career power. And that's really where it comes in because the foundation of self-care and self-care practice, not, not, uh, um, not one time, this is an ongoing thing, uh, that that's where we really get to the place where we recognize our true value. Cause until we recognize it, no one else can actually see it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things I love that you say is it's really about who we're being. So it's like, who do I need to be in order to create the results and the outcome and the life that I want? Yes. Who do I need to, Oh my gosh. I love that to create the outcome that I want. This is where people are like, I want to do this. And I'm like, uh, are you investing time and money into building yourself up? And I was like, if you want somebody to invest uh, time and money into building you, you got to do it first. Okay. And so I've always said, like, if you want to nickel your diamond way through life, then that's what people are going to return to you because we embody the energy of what we believe about ourselves. So if you think, okay, I can't afford to do this or I don't have the time to do this, then guess what? Nobody can will be able to afford you or have time for you. That really actually how is how it resonates and how it manifests an energy out in the world. And you, we can tell this when you're like, okay, I feel frenetic. I feel anxious. I'm, I come into an interview and I'm desperate for the result. And they're like, I don't know about this at all. Like, I'm not sure at all about who you are, or what you have to offer versus a place where you're powerful. And you say, you know what? Um, and we call this um, being unf withable. I'm not going to say it because there's some requirements around LinkedIn Live, but that phrase is what really, really resonates is that I am the in charge of me. I'm the sovereign of me. I get to choose what I experience. I get to choose what I allow. I choose what I tolerate. I choose what I design and that you're not playing a victim in your life. And this is, I'm going to say that I, I felt victim to that a lot of my life. I felt like everybody else controls what I told then when I finally understood that I was the one who created everything, that I am not a product of my conditions, but I am a product of my decisions, mm-hmm. that's when life really started working for me. And everything about you up until this point, even if you felt like you've been limited and kept small, it was a necessary part of your path so that you could hear me now to say, it's time to step into your power. So saying that, Ruby, what do you think you would give some pieces of advice around how do you get into that intentionality? How do you get into that place where you feel your power so that you can be the thing that people seek out and desire? Yeah, I think, you know, one is it. I think these are very simple exercises. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it, but I, I actually think it's really simple. We just need the space is what it is. We need space to, and to be able to actually think about these things. So I think one thing is writing down what what are your values? Just actually on a piece of paper, writing down a list of what are the things that are most important to you? Uh, another thing is like thinking about what value, what are, what are the values that you have? Right. And, and looking at that list and then thinking about and then kind of comparing it to what how you're spending your day. Like, are, are you spending your time according to your values? Um, so I think it's a lot of self-awareness. 
that needs to go on and really taking a look at within. And then it's what what needs to shift, right? So once you start to see patterns, when once you start to see identify areas that are gaps, what needs to shift? What do you need to say no to? What, you know, how, do you need to re, reset expectations? And so you just, you, it's it goes back to that being is like, okay, if, if this is the life that I really want, you know, who do I need to be to produce that? And, and what a person that gets that type of results, what would they be doing? How would they be showing up in the world? How would they be managing their time? Oh, I love that so much. I think um, one of the things that um, a lot of people who follow me know that my brother was murdered in uh, 2019. And um, it's hard to find any kind of reason in this. But one of the things that my gift of my brother's passing gave me was a complete evaluation of what I was really doing. And you know what I was doing is I was hustling. I was hustling, I was hustling, I was hustling, and I was trying, I was saying, this was for my kids, this was for my kids. And you know what I was doing? Not spending any time with my kids. I was not doing the work of what I said was most important. And a lot of times when we're looking at how do we get into purpose, we say, oh, this is what I wanna be, but our actions and what we choose, and you choose it, okay? Like you're choosing to watch Game of Thrones or not, okay? <laughs> like you choose whether or not those actions actually align with what you said your value is. And so that that is, I love that thought, is that how do I embody the person? I also like to say, think about what you wanna be. Like if you were to imagine without any of the, the BS that you have integrated into your mind from people like, your family, your spouse, your um, the people who you've worked with, your bosses, your leadership, if all those things and said, what is it that I really want to do? Like I wanted to be a CEO. I did done. Okay. Done. I had to create it myself. I didn't wait for anybody to do it for me. So, but what is it that at the very highest level, because a little girl who was homeless from Missouri shouldn't be able to do that. Right? Like that's the false belief. That's why I'm asking you to check it. What is it that you want to do? Okay. Now that you have that in your mind, Go and backwards plan it. Okay, if I want to be this, who do I need to be today? Who do I need to show up and be right now? And it's a very deliberate decision. I love this. Um, Ruby says uh, persona power. Also, I want to give a little shout to Brian who said, I I'm, he said, sorry to sound old. Please don't ever apologize for being experienced in the world. That brings something very valuable to the table. Plus, we love Brian. So um, and it's we have to be more engaged in this. And and life is very different than it was. Like in the, when I think about my dad, who worked for the same company for 20 years, like that was a point of pride. Today, that will get you penalized. You need to really continue to be in the business again of Lindsay Inc of whatever it is that you want to do and objectively look at if I want to achieve this in my career, what steps am I willing to make now that are going to create a better future? Not what I should have done. And I talk a lot about shooting because shooting is it also starts with shame. And I'm going to use the shh, knock that stuff off. Okay. Because your shooting and what I have, that is a place of self shame and guilt and that energy, that doesn't allow us to be at our highest self. The place where we really, truly can create the life that we want, we have to really start one, self-care. Self-care is so important. But to calm that in our state so that we don't feel like we have chaos. We don't feel like we have chaos. I love this, Lindsay Crazier. Thank you so much, Richard. That means so much to me. But we don't want that chaotic environment to be reflected externally. Go ahead. I'm sorry to be there. I was just going to say, too, you know, and we do talk about self-care a lot, and I think that's so important. But I also think there is a component that we don't talk about, and that's collective care or community care is what I call it. Mm. Because, and this is what I have found so valuable in um, 
is finding communities that can support you. I know that has been so helpful to me that when you are stuck, when you are in that spiral of shame, it's having people that are going to back you up, that are going to say, I believe in you. You know, you might not see your greatness right now because you're feeling bad, but I see it and reflect that. And that can be so powerful. And so I think that part of self-care is having or create. And if you don't have it, create it. Find those people. Find the board of directors. Find your cheerleaders that are going to back you up during those difficult times. Because let's face it, we're all going to have those times where life happens. It gets hard. We're going to need someone to help lift us up. And, oh. and then we get to do it for someone else, too. Yes, I would pay it forward always, right? In fact, I always like to say give before you plan to receive. Like if you always give with an open heart, you tend to receive. One of the things, so I, I like to survey my my clients and I ask them because we have such massive results for people. I mean, right now um, with the last quarter, on average, our folks, uh, and I want you to know there are people who are making massively more, which is why it brings this number up so high. Last year we did 52000 It's around $98,000 more in additional um, salary somebody is getting. Um, and uh, how that really happens, I asked like, what what was something that you got here that you had no idea you needed? And it is always, always, always the community. Mm-hmm. The community, because you are, you have you ever, you're like, you're the summary of the five people who you spend the most time mm-hmm. with. So you better be really careful. I mean, your kids don't count because they're, they're going to be excited about Pikachu. At least mine are. So, um, but they're, but what I mean is the, the people in your life, are you surrounding yourself with people who inspire you to be better? Are you spending time with people who are literally detracting from your energy? People who are telling you stories that are not, and I give you permission, not that you need it because the person who needs to give you permission is inside of you to walk away from anything that doesn't serve you. That mm-hmm. means the job, that means the boss, that means the relationship, that means whatever it is that holds you as shackles. Because if it's guilting or shaming you, that doesn't work. And surround yourself with people who are going to love you. And I say love, because love is our highest value here at Talent Paradigm. And it's not what um, the corporate world would say. Like love is not the... Um, is not the thing that we prioritize. We're like, uh, we want to take care of our customers. And I'm like, that all comes from place of love. Like if we all look at that and in, in that place of love, that's where we, we create a community that empowers one another. And we call it the proximity of uh, proximity power. So in success is by proximity, just by being around people who are more successful, they will up level you. So if you ever heard it, like if you're in the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I'm the only one in this room. So I guess I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> but um, the idea here is, what do you do to up level? Do you have any advice around that? I mean, I think always go back to self care for one is, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting just the basics? Are you eating well? Are you sleeping? You know, um, are you drinking enough water? Are you taking your vitamins? Are you getting outside? You know, are you moving? So I think that's definitely, uh, you know, an area where you can look. And then, you know, I do think it is about community. What like, we are getting messages all the time, right? Through TV, radio, the people that we hang out with. And so it's just about, um, it's like pre-screening those, right? Pre-screening those. And it's like, what are you, what are you um, inviting into your space? So I think we need to be really thoughtful and intentional about what we allow into our space. Oh, yes. And, and being willing to say no, I, I'm going to tell you that um, I was very much trained, like, uh, as a Midwestern girl, say yes to everything, be sweet, be kind, be quiet. 
none of those things really served me. I, I like to be sweet and kind. I am not quiet and I am not, um, I will be a very disruptive force <laughs> in a lot of things. Um, but that allowing and tolerance of things, I, I allowed things like, you know, I was raised like when somebody slaps you, you turn the other cheek. And and we have to be, there's one thing about um, allowing somebody to have a second chance. There's another thing of allowing somebody to take advantage of you. And so you have to recognize that there are people who are going to look um, to take to take advantage of, of what it is that you have to offer and the person you have to protect at all costs, if you want to protect anybody else in your life or serve anybody else in your life, is you. You have to take care of you. Nobody else is going to be able to do that for you. That's a great point. And in uh, Latin culture, there's a saying that they say is, te ves más bonita, más calladita, which is you look more like you look prettier when you are quiet. And that is, oh yeah, it's a hor it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And that are the things that like Latin girls grow up with that saying. And so, you know, we have to, um, we have to break those limiting beliefs and we have to be able to speak up. No is the shortest sentence. It is the most powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then the other one will be is I am. I am. I yeah. am. Yeah. When you declare who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Sruby's like, Ouch. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff like that. And I, I also want to like, I mean, this is my call to anyone who's listening. What stories are you telling the people in your life that you may not like? I tell my daughter to be quiet now. She runs around screaming and has actually had the police called on us for being loud. So she does have to be a little bit quieter. But I think about, I know it's ridiculous, actually. It's kind of, I'm like, you better believe I'm telling you this at, the, at your wedding. I'm going to be telling this story. So, um, but that, that part where like she, um, I have to realize like, the whole world is going to tell her that she is not beautiful, smart, capable, valuable. The whole world will tell her that. So right now, you know what? We build her up so strong that she, we fortify her so that it will be unshakable, her foundation. Mm -hmm. So the way we change in the future is by eliminating these stories, this collective consciousness, this story of false belief. And thank you so much, Rich. You are so wonderful. Oh yeah, it is it so is, much it's wonderful. It, And it's great that you do that. And it's, and, and it's important that we do those things. I had an aunt that used to look in the mirror every morning and she would tell herself she was beautiful and she'd kiss herself in the mirror. And I used to like laugh at that, but I actually think, wow, that's really wonderful that's that she right? herself in that way, right? And and we have to be careful of the stories that we tell ourselves because that does limit us. We have to shut out those voices. And sometimes we've got to we've got to rewrite the narrative. Just because something is said and we hear that little voice does not mean that we have to listen to it. Ah, oh, yes, I love that. Well, if you were to give, um, I want to put some practice. Like, what if you were to give somebody some action steps that they could take uh, to increase their career power? by creating a self-care practice, what would be three things you would advise? Oh, three things I would advise for a self-care practice. Um, define your boundaries. Define your boundaries. Uh, practice gratitude. Mm, yes. Practice gratitude. And then the third I'm going to say is alignment. So, um, and I'm going to define this as integrity. And the way that I'm going to define that is like, does your does your intentions, your greatest and highest intentions, uh, align with your speaking, 
and your actions. So there's the three pieces, your greatest intention, your actions, and your speaking. Do, do those align. Oh, I love it. And so notice that she didn't say, okay, like go hydrate, go exercise. Go, that would probably be what I would have defined it as. But what she ta is talking about and truly is intentionality. And then when you do that and you understand what it is, then you can take the actions because you know the answers of what you should be doing to take the best care of you. I am going to give you um, a couple of pieces here uh, of what you should, if you're in your actual activities, we call this the quad pod and it's the bubble and it stands for body, brain, um, belief, and love. So what are you doing to take care of your body? What are you doing to take care of your brain? What are you doing for your belief, especially relief yourself? And what are you doing out of love? If you understand those four things and take action in those areas, one for each one or multiples in my case, that will allow you to be your best self. So Ruby, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been thank amazing. You. you are wonderful. Thanks so much for everybody who tuned in. I would love to know if you'll drop a comment. Tell me what you're going to implement. Tell me about what is what's important to you um, from here. What resonated? What are you going to implement in your in your next steps? And and what will you do to make it your best self ever? All right, everybody. See you soon. We'll talk later.